Hello and welcome to the podcast Spooky Saturday. We are here to question the suspicious, investigate the intriguing, and do our best to distinguish fact from fiction. Each episode, we dive headfirst into a topic of choice and find stories, evidence, history, and more to discuss and debate. Join us in earning some merit badges, Spooky Scouts, if you survive. (laughs) Welcome to season two, everyone. Thanks for being here. This week, we're talking about mermaids. True. We'll cover we'll cover that in a second. We're going to just see how how's Kayla? How's Kayla doing? I'm old. (laughs) We both just like, we both just got in here and I was like, I hurt my back sleeping. And Kayla was like, I hurt my back cleaning the floor. And I was like, well, here we are. This This is is what happens when you're over the age of 30. Watch out. Your back will hurt. Watch out, everyone. It's just slowly one foot in the grave. This is the true horror. It's aging. It's true. So yeah, just so if anyone has any of that to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes we we suffer yeah deeply mm-hmm. but that's okay you know it's the weekend it's spooky saturday exactly to get ready for this mermaids episode i watched all i think i got up to the fourth pirates of the caribbean movie <laughs> and apparently kayla was unaware unaware that there is a whole lore to pirates of the caribbean there's a whole lore okay So to clarify, I've partially watched the first one, and then the rest of my knowledge comes from the Kingdom Hearts franchise. (laughs) So that's all I got. There's a squid guy, and if you touch money, you die. No, that's that's, that's not it. (laughs) That's not it. There's a deep and involved lore for Pirates of the Caribbean. That is part of it. But like all of these sea creatures are real. Davy Jones is real. The Kraken is real. Mermaids are real. Like the fourth movie had like mermaids all in it. Okay, but like, what did the mermaids look like? Well, they had they were pretty cool. They were like, they were spooky underwater, and then when they got above water, they looked like pretty ladies. But underwater, they were spooky. Hmm. Yeah. But like, the best part about that movie is I'm watching like halfway through. Like, you remember Barbosa? He was the guy who originally had the black pearl in the first one and the monkey. Yes. Yes, yeah. I remember him so from Kingdom Hearts. He just slowly, like, yeah, he slowly, like, just evolves into being, like, more piratey. And by the fourth movie, he has a peg leg, a bigger hat, a ship that he controls with a sword with skeletons all over it, and still the monkey. <laughs> it's like, so he reached, like, he reached, like, peak pirate at one point. <laughs> what about that character was worth keeping around for that long? Because he's, like, he's a famous actor who is... Uh, it's Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, he's Jeffrey Rush's peak pirate. Two two K twenty. Wait. So, what's the latest one about, and what year did it come out? Because I think twenty seventeen. I haven't watched the last one. I haven't watched the fifth one yet. I'm gonna watch that tonight. I needed to get to the one with the mermaids. Yeah. Well, right. skeleton ship came from Blackbeard, who was also apparently scared of Davy Jones, even though Davy Jones was literally like a squid face. Man and like Calypso, uh, Diadolma was Calypso, who is actually the goddess of the sea. Yeah, like there's I gods and her, stuff. Okay, I know I've she, seen her character. She's yeah, she turned into crabs. She turned into crabs. She turns into crabs. What a power to have. That's really yeah. sad. Yeah, and then if you go to Disneyland and go to like the Tom Sawyer's Island, they changed it to like a Pirates of the Caribbean island. 
And there's a bunch of, like, nonsense from the fight scenes that were super dumb, like that cage made of bones that, like, lasted for half an hour that didn't even need to happen. Anyway, that's... yeah. It makes no sense. And, like, I don't know why the action scenes need to be, like, 30, 30 to 45 minutes. I feel like... and correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but I feel like that this was their attempt to do, like, a mummy franchise... Or, like, Indiana Jones, Yeah, right? oh, yeah. Like, that's yes. the tone they go for with this? Yes. Yeah, that's the tone, I think. Now, the mermaids were cool, but at the end of that movie, at the end of the fifth movie, or, sorry, the fourth movie, this, they for some reason, they have a priest with them. Like, I don't know who this guy is. They have a priest with them for some reason. And they take the priest, and, like, he ends up, like, making... They needed a mermaid tear for the Fountain of Youth. This was actually really funny. They need a mermaid tear and these two chalices and, like, a sacrifice for the Fountain of Youth or something. And so this priest guy falls in love with a mermaid, gets her tear, and at the end of the movie, she just takes him away. Like, I don't know, just takes him away. He's just gone. No, we don't know where he went. You've got the British Army. So everyone in their, like, seven, like late 1600s, early 1700s, like, British gear. Also, my patch fell off because it was taped on. Oh, rip. Rip. And then... <laughs> so the British come in... The pirates are there at the Fountain of Youth. They had to go through, like, a portal to get there. The pirates are there. The British are there. And then the Spanish show up. So now the Spanish are there. And the Spanish are just, just, just like, shit on everything. So they just destroy, like, this mystical Fountain of Youth. Just destroy it. Destroy everything. And they're just like, this is, this is for heathens. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> and then they just leave. So the Spanish just like literally go like are the worst, the worst colonial like pillagers destroy this like magical thing and then just and then just leave. And that's and then that's it. These movies seem very odd. Yeah. I. Hmm. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. And then, yeah, Barbosa became an admiral because he took he took um Blackbeard's ship. Oh, yeah, and uh, he was an admiral of the... For some reason, they let the pirate become an admiral of the British army. And I'm like, I feel like... And of course he betrayed them because he's a pirate. Also, isn't he dead? Isn't he like a zombie? No, he's, no, he came back like three times. Like, he was brought back to life by the one lady who's a goddess. So, but he's still undead and they're just no, like... No, he's yeah. alive. No, what? he's fine now. He's fine. He's fine now. He's okay. It's fine. Nobody questions it. Nobody's Nobody like... question. You died, though. <laughs> We might have some complications in your paperwork, sir. Jack Sparrow died, too. He was eaten by the Kraken, and then he came back, and they went and got him or something. It's, like, got more, like, resurrections than, like, Stargate SG-1 did, and Daniel Jackson came back, like, three different times. Wow. This is <laughs> a, a, a level of depth I did not expect. Will became Davy Jones. Like, Will didn't die. He became Davy Jones, and because Davy Jones... His heart was stabbed or whatever. So Will Turner is immortal and is now Davy Jones. And he and comes that's back Orlando every- Bloom, right? Yes. And he comes okay. back every 10 years. Is that because they didn't want to put him in one of the movies? I think, I'm sure he was just like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm done here. <laughs> oh. That's right. And they carve his heart out. There's a lot of like tonal differences in these movies. Like it starts with like, haha, like wacky hijinks. And then they're like, we cut this guy's heart out. Like, twice. Like, with a knife, they cut his heart out. And then, like, at one point, someone's eye gets pulled out, and there's, like, all these dead bodies, and I'm just like, what is the, what is the, the tone? What's the tone of these What's, movies? They're like, who is your audience? Yeah, they're like, wacky fights, and they're like, uh-oh, 
like piles of bodies and I'm like what 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 are we what's going on yeah, that's that's very mummy I don't know yeah. I I love the mummy so I, I'm just no, choosing to great. compare everything to it no that's fair that's part of if you've been exposed to any mermaid lore in the past you know 20 years it might have come from those movies I'm sorry the mummy was real good actually it is an excellent film I rewatched it for the first time in a while recently and I was like this movie holds up, okay? Don't watch the second one. <laughs> Don't watch the Scorpion King or any of that. But yeah, just no, watch I the mummy. The rock, I want to see the rock as a scorpion. And a, as a badly CG'd scorpion yeah. man. Yeah, kind of. Really I know. Kind of. Because, I mean, it's the rock, so I would I would deal with it. But, like, the, the first mummy. Solid. Very yeah. solid. Yeah. Perfect film. Yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair. First mummy only. Because I feel like anyone in the mummy could kick Jack Sparrow's ass. No, because he, like, can't die, though. Is that because he's skilled or because he's lucky? I don't know. Both. Hmm. Interesting. Both. I don't know. I'm learning so much about Pirates of the Caribbean today. <laughs> I apologize. So there, that's, there's your fun pop culture reference. Um, Actually, one, so one of the articles I actually read was about how mermaids had ended up like coming into pop culture more or less and uh they didn't really talk about that but that was what i wanted to talk about uh they talked about rambo at one point and i was like we're not gonna have this conversation <laughs> what yeah it's fine let's just move on okay <laughs> like academics sometimes just need to find things to talk about and that's okay yeah just gotta make those connections yeah exactly <sighs> But yeah, other than that, uh, everything's good. We're still in a pandemic. Um, democracy is slowly eroding around us. And uh, the only thing that is true are the spooky things of the world. <laughs> also, the dice got shipped out. So if any, oh, yeah. and, and the spooky scout manuals. So if you ordered the spooky scout manuals, you should be getting it soon. I hope you guys like it because we had fun making it. Yes, I saw some people in the Discord sharing their scout names. I'm very... Please, Yay. people are using the tables. That's very fun. I'm very happy. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. What's the UFO news? You linked it to me. Okay. So I was about to dive into that, and I was like, oh, yeah, dice. Yeah. Um, well, this is our current events, and then we'll get into mermaids, because I, I have a bunch of mermaid things, but this is scarier. <laughs> current events are the fact that the Pentagon has decided that they are going to release the fact that they have out-of-world crafts. Like what? They, yeah, they've they've admitted to it. What? Let me find the article. Is everyone just like is everyone just like, oh, you know, like the world's ending anyway with this pandemic and everything else. We'll just tell you that we have UFOs. Yeah, basically they're just like, you know what, we'll distract everyone. <laughs> no, because they know no one's paying attention. I feel like they like they know that no one's paying attention, so they're just like, oh, let's just throw this out there. All right, let me read this to you. Um, okay. I pulled up the one article that wasn't behind a paywall. <laughs> so this one says, Pentagon's UFO unit could make some findings public. The Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force could release some of its findings within six months of Congress passing authorization. The Pentagon program that investigates unidentified flying objects may be instructed to release some of its information, often discussed in classified briefings, to the public once Congress passes the Intelligence Authorization Act. The New York Times reports the directive appeared last month in a Senate committee report 
that reportedly looked at spending on intelligence agencies for the coming year. It states that the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, part of the Office of Naval Intelligence, standardizes collection and reporting on quote-unquote unidentified aerial phenomenon. The program is not so much about finding little green men as it is about seeing if other countries are using new aerial technologies that pose a threat to the U.S. The committee said that although some of the findings may be sensitive, it was concerned that there has been inconsistent sharing of the information across the intelligence community. Marco Rubio said he'll be more comfortable if the unit has found signs of aliens visiting us than if it has found America's adversaries coming up with major technological advances. What? That makes him more comfortable? Yeah, he's that more makes comfortable him more, with that. I'm like, how does, I'm sorry, how does that make him more comfortable? I wouldn't, like, oh, there's a whole other species that are, like, way more advanced than us and spying on us, but, you know, I'm glad it's not the Russians. <laughs> glad it's not them. Yeah, it says, astrophysicist and former consultant for the UFO program since 2007, Eric W. Davis, told the Times that he had gave a classified briefing to the Defense Department agency as early as March regarding, quote-unquote, off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. Wow. Information regarding off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. Yep. So wow. they, they have it. And I'm like, yeah, because it, we talked about this book, but the day after Roswell talks about the fact that they collected alien technology from an alien craft and they've stored it and it was in the navy a naval base mm -hmm. wasn't it i yeah, thought multiple and ones they just stored it and it's just there and they never released it and i'm like that's probably part of it and it's just stuff that or maybe that's all they have interesting bob lazar tweeted i never thought this day would come oh <gasps> whoa bob lazar does bob lazar have a twitter i google bob lazar twitter does he have a twitter and I don't see him. I kind I mean, I feel like that would be a good follow. Oh, I see where Jeremy Corbel, is he the one who did the documentary? He tweeted a text from Bob Lazar. This is, I never thought oh. this day would come. A text from Bob Lazar? Man. Yes. It looks a little faked, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it looks a little questionable. <laughs> it's like it could have very easily been photoshopped. It looks a little fake. But that's fine. That's fine. Here on Spooky Saturday... It's not faked until proven fake. I want to believe. I want to believe. Uh, that's cool, though. Yeah, I want to believe. I want to believe that that is the case. I want to believe that Bob Lazar is seeing the, is seeing the disclosure, the true disclosure. It's finally, finally. It's happening, maybe. Finally happening, maybe, question mark? Maybe, question mark. Maybe not. Maybe it's super lame. Uh, I mean, they're never going to tell us the stuff that's, like, really scary, though. No, it's true. Like, they're never going to be like, yeah, like, we made a deal with, with a couple of different aliens, and, like, they can abduct, like, 100,000 people here. No big deal. You never know when it's going to happen. Make sure to lock your doors, but it doesn't matter, because they come through the walls. <laughs> like <laughs> Or the fact that uh, in that Day After Roswell book, they talked about how the government abducts people just to keep oh, things yeah. consistent, like, just to fake abduct people. Yeah. So, they're never going to them off us. the trail. Yeah, they're never going to tell us that stuff, but... I would love to see some of that disclosure kind of stuff come to light during this, like, dumpster fire of a year, because that would at least make, like, I feel like that would make 2020 the best year. Yeah, it's true. And I feel like it's an appropriate distraction. Yeah, if they were like, yeah, we have a UFO. Here's some pictures of it. This is real. Like, we don't know where they come from. We haven't talked to them, but we have this ship. Here's a picture of it. Here's what they look like. Like, that would blow people's minds. Oh, yeah. 
that would be awesome. And I am down. I am down for that to happen. This this nightmare of a year. I just feel like it's an appropriate move to distract from anything going on anything. right now. <laughs> like they're true. just like, okay, I know that you know we're gonna take away your extra unemployment and you know whatever. <laughs> deal with it and we're gonna yeah. like send the feds to portland and everything but, oh yeah you they're know, here aliens. in seattle they're here in seattle too oh yep. gosh yeah you know you know all of us with our coffee and rain and you're just and terrible yeah so dangerous i know and finding proof of alien life is one of the things that mud- might actually make humanity feel more united that's true, but I feel like it would be released for a selfish reason, like to distract people's yeah. attention away from actual issues, and they're just like, but aliens! I know, but and but aliens. like, I would I would be one of those people who would be distracted, honestly. Oh, yeah. I, I would be like, whoa! Like, wow! we'd, have to, we'd have to have an emergency meeting. Emergency, emergency scout spooky. meeting. Emergency scout meeting. Emergency. Oh, we have to. If they release this stuff, which it sounds like they probably will release something, then we have to just like... Yeah, oh yeah. That'll be awesome. But who knows? I mean, who knows? Then we'll also keep our eyes out to see what else is being swept under the rug. (laughs) Keep your eye on the sky. Yeah, keep your eye on the sky. To see actual data would be awesome. Like, that's why, like, like, all I want is just, like, a picture of, like, a UFO. I want to see it. Like, a real one up close. Like, we've all seen the lights and all that kind of stuff. And that seems legit. Like, there's a lot of legit lights and stuff like that. But, like... No one's been able to get close enough to see them. So, yeah, that would be really cool. Or like what the actual aliens look like. Like, that would be cool if they just look like the grays, like the like the typical like cartoon alien. I'm going to be so mad. I know. (laughs) I okay. I'm going to be like, you did this. You did this on purpose. You put this out to society just so we would be like, oh, they've looked like that all along. What a coincidence. Guess they're not that scary. But that's the thing is then they're not scary. Mm-hmm. because we've seen them but i like i like the uh i i prefer the contact version of aliens where it's like the, you can't even perceive their physical form so they're just gonna look like your dad i hate or that. something i hate that <laughs> i hate it i don't want that at all i'm it's like I'm no back, please don't <laughs> yeah i'd rather have them just be like the aliens exactly. i know they're that's the other thing is like what if they're like yeah they're all synthetic then i'm just gonna be like oh my god i'm moving into a bunker if they're robots, I'm going into a bunker forever. Goodbye. Oh, they're like, look at this alien. It's literally literally just a cylinder. No! And you're just like, no! No! <laughs> no! I can't. No. No, I would just, I would just, I would be like, goodbye, everyone. It's been, and then it would be bunker time for me. That's, it's been real. That's what dictates Holly's bunker time is a cylinder. That's your breaking point is that's inanimate my- object appearing aliens. Yeah. None of that. That's my bunker. Yeah. Get, get, that's Holly's bunker time. And my bunker is like the bush behind my house where my chickens hide. Just hide chicken out there. clubhouse. <laughs> A can of peas has me spooked. <laughs> it's true. <sighs> well, that's, that's cool. I hope, I hope that we, I hope that we can find out more next week. Next week. Who knows? We'll see. I, yeah. I guess within the next six months, Did they have a date? Maybe. Oh, the next six months. Okay. Yeah, they said six. I think it's got to go through the Senate or something? Like, full approval? I don't know. It's, like, actually something that's moving forward legislatively. I don't know. So oh, interesting. Seems interesting. like a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's just exciting. That's really interesting. Well, let's move on to the mythical creatures of the past. <laughs> 
the creatures of the past. Some some mermaid lore. I know Kayla found some interesting, uh, as usual, modern takes on mermaid experiences. I did. <laughs> yeah, some some interesting modern takes. I did my usual deep dive into some mermaid uh, past lore. Read a couple of, as we know, we need to get a sponsorship from JSTOR. The like, yeah, JSTOR, please. <laughs> the, the the academic article thing. Also. Let's see. Yeah, so I've got a bunch of stuff on different kinds of sea creatures, just like anything. So you just, do you want me to start? Do you want you to start? I've just got, I've got a lot. So um, maybe I will start with like the legitimate resource that I purchased and then we can talk <laughs> oh, yeah. about your legitimate resources and then we can yeah. talk about the dumb stuff I found online. We can okay. save that for last because it's not That's our favorite thing to do. <laughs> but the one legitimate resource I picked up and I had to get because it was beautiful. I was like, this isn't a dumb forum, but I want to buy it is uh, the Mermaid Handbook. I'll show you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful hardcover gold foil book um, that comes from the fairy magazine people, um, which I think they Oh, my God, the fairy magazine people? Yeah. I remember I the fairy magazine. They rebranded, I think, to Enchanted Living, maybe, oh. I think. But if you Google fairy magazine, you should be able to find them. But they came out with, like, some legit nice books, and one oh. of them was about mermaids. One of them is fairies and one is unicorns um i anticipate they'll probably make a witch one because they they had like a whole witch issue of their magazine which i purchased it was really cool (laughs) but it's very it's a very cool resource if you want to pick up some like if you if you like fantasy if you like things like that their website is very nice and their publications are very nice so this book talks about literature lore and pop culture and kind of the evolution of the mermaid in our society, as well as different uh, mythological figures and also cookie recipes. Cookie recipes are fun. Yeah. Cocktails and also how to make your hair luxurious like a mermaid. It's just got silly things in it like that, too. That's lovely. Yes, but it's got like a, a lot of good art. And I think I bookmarked my favorite things. Like it talks about the evolution of fashion throughout the years and how they based it on mermaids and like mermaid art. Oh. Which I thought was very interesting because it is. It's It, it kind of talks about mermaids through the lens of like different aspects of feminism. So hmm. you have like just the traditionally beautiful. You have the like damsel in distress kind of like a sailor has to save a mermaid, but then you have like sirens or Rusalka who are, you know, that level of feminine beauty, but then they kill men who fall for that. Yeah. So there's just like different, different perceptions of different aspects of the feminine. I feel like is kind of what they're getting at with this book to kind of like break that down. Interesting. Yeah. I actually, in some of the stuff I read, that was something that, I it touched on as well is the femininity of the sea and of nature the, the pretty much like anthropomorphizing the idea of the sea it's feminine yeah yeah because I mean if you think of like the moon and the tides and stuff and everything yeah. like that that's very like cycle yeah. feminine nature and the idea of like there was always like weird bullshit flying out of the sea and so it was like a womb <laughs> Because they had, there was like life in the sea. And like they, like back in the day, like the people who wouldn't have had any, you know, too much access to like a bestiary, like things would just wash up on shore. They'd be like, where, 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 where'd this come from? You know? Yeah. Like the Fiji mermaid. They talk about that in here. Mm-hmm. That's the hoax. 
Yeah. A couple of the interesting things I feel like I bookmarked. There was one myth that I feel like I have never heard of, and I don't know if you encountered this in your legitimate studies, but there <laughs> is the the water spirit Mamiwata, which I don't yeah. know if I'm saying that right. She's a mythical figure in much of Africa. Ooh. So they, I'll show you the art they have in here, which I feel like is really nice. It's got a depiction. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that snake. Yeah, so she's depicted often as either half fish, so like a mermaid, or half snake. It's kind of interchangeable. Hmm. They talk about the fact that she's shown throughout of a lot of arts and culture, very bold, very fashionable, but they, they kind of talk about the origins of it. And they say that the earliest representation of indigenous water gods and and goddesses in Africa appeared on rock paintings 28,000 years ago. Uh, These ancient figures represented all sorts of hybrid creatures cavorting in the water. None of them were mermaids as we know them. The earliest image we have of an African mermaid is of the late 15th century. Hmm. Drool believes that a visiting Portuguese client commissioned an unknown African artist to sculpt a salt cellar with a mermaid on it supplying an image for the artist to use the artist copied the image and immediately altered it to make it relevant to his culture showing the mermaid swimming with crocodiles Hmm. symbols of water spirits where he lived this he believes is how the mermaid was first incorporated into an african pantheon of water spirits which i thought was very interesting because that something like that is how kind of like merged into that culture yeah that's really interesting but they also, I, I found that the one that I've, I just never heard of. And it's M-A-M-I-W-A-T-A. Mami Wata. That's cool. But she's often portrayed as a mermaid with the head and the torso of a woman and the tail of a fish. But hmm. the tail of the fish thing wouldn't have came until after that point in time. So that's just really interesting. I find that like something so small like that can kind of change yeah. how people like create or depict and it's like people's art that changed that depiction or or like shifted that mythology a bit which i thought was just i don't know very deep yeah it's cool but my other favorite mermaid adjacent lore is the rusalka which my friend ashley introduced me to i don't know if you found those i did yeah i found a couple things about how if they if their hair dries they die whoa i don't know that i i read that in here that's Awful. Yeah. Um, I did see that this one, the the Rusalki change appearances with the seasons. In the spring Ooh. and summer, they appear as ivory-skinned nymphs with luxurious green or red hair and are dressed in garlands of flowers and leaves. In the autumn and winter, they resemble corpses with pallid skin, red-rimmed eyes, and puffy features. Me too, though. But, like, the so <laughs> Rusalka are just, like, w- beautiful women in bodies of water. So they're essentially mermaid adjacent but i thought that the and they like sing so you have that like siren oh, like the siren thing yeah mm-hmm. but it's it's the best because it says in in the countries that rusaka are present which i believe yeah in russia and ukraine hmm. um the first week in june is believed to be very dangerous as the winter months wane and the weather warms the rusalki leave their watery abodes to swing on branches of birch or willow trees in the dark of the night Young men are especially vulnerable to their alluring voices calling to them. When the young men arrive, the Rusalki tangle them in their hair and drown them to satiate their need for vengeance. 
Women hang offerings of incense or wormwood on tree branches near rivers and lakes to appease the Rusalki. And swimming is strictly forbidden, lest a vengeful Rusalka drown her unwitting victim. So, like, the first week of June, I guess you can't swim in bodies of water, or you're not supposed huh. to. Interesting. That's very cool. I don't know. I, I really like the, the myth, the Rusalka. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, it is really interesting how all of them are, like, like you said, they're all female. Like, I don't think there's really anything about any, like, there's things about different animals, but not about different genders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all, like, through the lens of f- femininity, yeah. which I, I find very interesting. Yeah. A feminine, a, a fem, fem, a fem trope is yes. mermaids. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the the other interesting thing is it dives into the 50s and 60s when there was kind of this like surge of mermaid shows and mermaid like hotels and cocktail oh my God, bars. Yes. Yeah, and like roadside attractions. So they talk about the I think the most the famous one, what was that called? most famous one where they had was the Wikiwachi Springs. I was going to say it's the Wikiwachi Springs. It's still there. It still it? exists. Yeah. Wow. There's like still some like people that are like mermaids. <coughs> I think in Florida? I think it's in Florida. Yes, it's in Florida. It's yeah, in... Uh... It's still there. Yeah, so this was actually in the 20s and 30s, they would film there because the spring's water was so clear that they could film underwater scenes there very easily. So I think that's where that spot kind of started. Hmm. And then from there, they did like mermaid performances and different things. They have some, they have really nice pictures. In oh here. my gosh, that's so funny. Look at those 60s, like. I know. <laughs> so good. And they it's have so just good. like, they talk about mermaids in film in here. That's cool. They very prominently talk about the film Splash, which I've never oh, Splash? seen. Splash? You haven't seen Splash? I've never seen Splash. Oh my god, you have to watch Splash. I will. I want to now. I'm Not sold. a mermaid movie, but Splash and Overboard is also an excellent movie. I don't know if you've seen Overboard. Mm-mm, I it's haven't. not a mermaid movie, but it's a charming 80s romp. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's always spo- good. Spooky Scouts need to have a Splash watch party in the Discord. Oh, yeah. Please, I, I need to watch Splash. I will experience it for the first time with you. Yeah, though, it, like, the, I remember her tail, her, like, mermaid tail being, like, pretty cool looking, honestly. Yeah, I think they talk about that in here where they're like, the tail! Yeah. How they made it. But they talk about, the best thing about the Wikiwachi Springs is they had a show for a while that is just ridiculous. I think, when did they do this? I don't know if they give the year. But they did Mermaids on the Moon? So it was just mermaids okay. on the on the moon. Um, it was just they they were just like I don't know. This spot looks like the surface of the moon, <laughs> so we'll do a show about mermaids on the moon and I we'll mean, sing "Fly Me to the Moon." I'm and not surprised here, about that. <laughs> here's like their little spaceship thing you can. Oh see. Oh my god! <laughs> of course, why not? Isn't that, isn't that yeah. great? Great. Why not? Mermaids on the moon. Just put them on the moon. <laughs> Can't help but notice the lack of water up there. Yeah, it's like, and also the fact they all have legs, I guess, except, well, there's like one. There's, there's one, one mermaid the there. And then I think no, the a rest couple. are space girls. Okay. They're space girls, okay? Get with it. On the moon. Cool. 
Yeah, they, they talk about the, the story. It says it opened with two space girls propelled by space-age-looking Aquion swimming devices performing underwater ballet. They hear a noise and hide behind rocks. <laughs> Anita's spaceship is arriving in her spaceship. Her name <laughs> oh is Anita's spaceship. Well, Anita's spaceship arrives in her spaceship to investigate why the moon is no longer entering into its full, spa- full phase. She walks down a cliff and plants her flag. The space girls reappear and escort Anita toward the theater, just as a couple of evil space goons in rubber (laughs) costumes come in from the side, scaring the space girls away. Anita pulls out a cloth and pretends to be a matador. The space goons pass through the cloth and then exit the scene. Later, a wizard appears. What? (laughs) What? What? Wait, wait, where'd he come from? Later, a wizard appears from behind a large prop filled with gadgets and tells Anita that she has to go into the deep hole to break the spell on the moon. She does a deep dive and makes the moon full again. At the end of the show, a great fiberglass full moon rises in the water as Anita and the space girls celebrate. Oh, boy. So there you go. It's Jim Dark Magic. Mermaids on the moon. What? What does this have to do with Jim Dark Magic? He's the wizard who shows up. I wow. just like that's who I picture as the wizard showing up. Just oh my god. Just like in like a weird, like kind of like rock outfit on the moon. Well, Jim Dark Magic shows up and helps Anita spaceship <laughs> fix the moon. That's great. And then everybody celebrates. Cool. There you go. So that oh. was 50s, 60s-ish, right? I mean, no wonder they got so popular. They were making all these, all this premium content. Oh, yeah. Premium content. You got mermaids. You got space girls. You got a wizard. Yeah. You got the moon. Like, what else do you possibly, could you possibly need? I know. The other thing that they talked about was Aquarama, which was in 1963-ish. It was, it was a vintage roadside attraction. In Texas, I think, or was... No, this one was in uh, Missouri. The Aquarama. Okay. So it just had a bunch of underwater shows. I, I just really liked the architecture of the building, which I'm going to show I was gonna you. Say, it's going to be so 60s. Oh, my yeah. God, of course. <laughs> Very roadside. Like, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Like, sexy mermaid on the side. Yeah. Yeah, giant yep. sexy mermaid on the side of the building. Yep. You're driving along, and you're like, Aquarama? Okay. But yeah, this they had just a little article about that. Pretty much the same kind of deal where it was just underwater shows. It was just in a different part. They had cabaret, aquarama. Yeah. They they had like food and cocktails and stuff. So they have uh, aquarama's signature drink. They have the recipe for it, which is pretty <laughs> interesting. The Wait, aquarama what sling. What is it? What is it? This, right, is, it is. this is where I'm interested. <laughs> this, is, this is where you've sold it. Yes. Me. One and a half ounces of gin, a half ounce cherry hearing, what, what, a dash what is that? of contro, contro, okay, okay, a dash of Benedictine, four ounces passion fruit juice, oh, a half good. ounce roses lime lime juice, grenadine to taste and for color, dash of Angostura bitters. Okay, I mean that's just bitters, yeah. Slice of fresh pineapple for garnish, and a cocktail cherry for garnish. It's just like a tiki drink, but kind of like a gross version with gin. That wouldn't be good with gin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it would be it's good with pretty. gin. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Ooh, it looks pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty little drink. It's the Aquarama Sling. 
next post time the recipe in discord okay i will do that I'm gonna take yeah but yeah you should put it in the discord can all make mermaid drinks and watch splash please tell me if you do it because i want to know what it's like yeah we'll watch splash i feel like the the next logical step narratively was to talk about modern mermaids Oh, yes. Which I found a lot of online. Because if you Google, like, Real Mermaid Forum, which is technically, that's pretty much what I do every week, is I'm just like, <laughs> Real, Real Alien forum. Experience Forum, Real Werewolf Forum, <laughs> and then I find dumb forums. Um, but I really think that the that the culture of people who wear and build, like, mermaid tails and swim and stuff is very sweet. It's like, so cool. I love it. They're like, so I passionate about that. it. It's the coolest thing. Yeah, I would do that, like. It looks awesome. Not only do you have cool, like a cool mermaid tail, but you get to go swimming in it. That sounds fun. Yeah. And then like a lot of them I've seen just kind of have events and like meet children and kind of have that, share that experience with them. And I just think it is the neatest thing I've ever seen. Like in these, some of these tales that people make, like if you Google it, just like modern mermaid tales that they make for swimming. Oh yeah. They're amazing. They're, they're amazing and they have to be, you have to be strong, I feel mm-hmm. like, to swim in those things. They're silicone. Like, they probably weigh like 20 pounds. Right? At least. Oh my gosh. I think that's, that's super cool. I love, it's like, I love anything that's like cosplay minus like a a large company backing it. Like you're not cosplaying from a video game, you're cosplaying from mythology. Yeah. And it's, just cool. it's so neat. And it's just like, I feel like people just being and doing like exercising their childlike wonder and mm-hmm. making their dreams come true. And I'm like, I love it. Ugh. Yeah, I, I agree. It's very cool. They do. There also is the subculture or the, the phenomenon of mermaid uh, cocktail lounges, which is kind yes, of like, a, like tiki adjacent. bars. Yeah, they had the, this was 50s as well, where they would just like kind of have they have this really cool photo of this is a, a 1955 postcard from the Jules Verne room at the Marlin Beach Hotel. So it depicts several people at a bar and just behind the bar is just a pool with ladies swimming in it. <laughs> so. Oh my God. Of it's course. It's just really neat. Like. That's so funny. Bars. I mean, themed bars. Why not? I would love to be hired to swim in a pool yeah. for hours. Like, yeah. I mean, what a, that's a cool up. job, right? Right? It's like they, and then they have one here where they show just a woman who is in a mermaid tail behind the bar. That's like so fun. Pool. Also, she has some sick hair. I know, right? Yeah. She's got that white streak in it. Yeah, it's cool. Looking sick. No phones, mermaids, just vibe, just vibing, yeah. Just vibing. I mean, you have to imagine, too, they like, they'd get drunk and then just be looking at mermaids. And I'm sure in the 50s and 60s, I was just like, whoa. Yeah. It was just like, this is a good time. So they had several, actually. I thought that this would just be, like, a one or two off thing, but they list the Two Fathoms Down Lounge, the Wreck, the Everglades, Shaker House Hotel, the Hacienda Hotel Mermaid Room, the El Rancho Motel Mermaid Room, the Seahorse Lounge, and Davy Jones Locker, the <laughs> Reef Lounge, Dive Bar. That's awesome. Sip, sip and Dip. Sip and, and the, Dip. A- the Atlantis Lounge. It's just all kind- I was like, wow, these are a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was, I, I just find that culture amazing that it's like, I, I feel like no, at least from that I can think of, no other sort of mythological figure has like become so encompassing in culture, like pop culture and stuff like yeah. that. Because it's like, you know, you don't see like rampant alien bars or like no. 
unicorn bars. There are a few, but not like this where it's like, wow, that was a thing. That was a thing that happened. I think it is also because of tiki bars that that also took off because people love tiki bars. And that was a big thing in the 50s and 60s, too, was themed like tiki bars. And it's like, it's kind of like beach adjacent. It gives you those beach vibes. Yeah. And then they love that. They love that. They They love love that that. when they're drinking. Yeah. They love that. That's so cool, though. And we have an official mermaid drink. Yes, we got that mermaid drink. I thought there was another one in here. Um, But this book is very cool. You can get it several places online if you Google the mermaid handbook. But they also have how to make edible sea glass candy. Ooh, fun! They have a... Oh, they have a blue sea cocktail. A seductive siren cocktail. These mermaids just getting crunk. I know! Getting lost in the sauce. Um, You can make a poke bowl. They have a recipe for that. Two of them. Seashell fortune-telling party favors. Ooh! (laughs) They have a guide to sea vegetables, which is kind of neat. Like water lily and spirulina. You can make savory sesame seed and seaweed cookies. And honey gingerbread cookies. Why? Okay, so how are honey gingerbread cookies mermaid cookies? I don't know, but I want to eat them. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I don't know if there's like an excuse in here. There is none. It's no, just butter, just like sugar, here. honey, there's like baking powder, cookies, ginger. Yeah, it, this is like a Christmas cookie, pretty much. But that's oh. fine. Whatever. I would. I want to eat it. I guess because the pictures show them decorated like seahorses and shells oh, and stuff. Oh, okay. Okay, so there's sugar cookies decorated like seahorses. I get it. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah. This is all so, very wholesome. I know. Very wholesome, fun book. Out of all the people that like to, like, say that they're mythical creatures on the internet, I feel like mermaids are the most pleasant so far. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like, we just really want to swim and be a mermaid and be a beautiful, Yeah, and beautiful drink some drink lady. some cocktails. Maybe, yep. like. Get drunk. Go out. Maybe kiss somebody. Sand. Yeah. Who maybe, knows? Maybe smooch on the moon. You never know. Maybe a wizard will show up. Yeah. That sounds sounds nice. It sounds nice. So yeah, that's that was my my wholesome romp through this book. Yeah. Well, most of the stuff that because I again read another one of our lovely J store articles and a couple of just like posts from random places that had like little outlines. I did get a few interesting things about mermaids from different parts of the world, which I thought was cool. Some Japanese ones that were actually Ooh. like um, obviously the kappa. We know what kappas oh, yeah. are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And there's also one called, called an Undyne from German Lakes and Rivers. And I was like, remember, you remember remember that game? That <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? Do you know? So that's a real that's a real thing. That's a real thing. She was a, a freshwater sprite who's immortal yet had no soul. It's often you referred Aww. to used to used for always remember. It's another name for merfolk. The Jean Jaim. Originally from Japanese deep lakes is a serpentine creature. Um, obviously, there's Scottish ones. There's Kelpies. Mm-hmm. The Amabi is also from the Japanese seas. It's a mermaid-like yokai with a mixture of human and fish features. has a long has long hair and a scaly body. has a beak-like mouth and three legs. It glows with a bright light and can be seen from the shore. There's also similar to other yokai such as the Jinja and the Kudan, which apparently deliver like messages and then disappear. So. Ooh, did you see the uh, the Ningyo, the one that's like, um, they have a picture of one in here that I wanted to show you, actually. Yeah. 
They can prophesy the future and they cry tears of pearls. Whoa. The lore is that who consume the flesh of a Ningyo attain unnaturally long life, but catching one can bring about great storms. And this one, this illustration they have of one depicts uh, one that was captured that is just under 35 feet long. And it's just like a person's face with horns. Ew! fish body and it's got like eyes on the side of it these are like three Whoa, eyes that's super cool what's that one called again the the uh ningyo n-i-n-g-y-o that's awesome so i thought that one was i was like ooh, holly will like this one yeah that it's one's apparently cool. it has it's a creature with a monkey's mouth ooh. with small sharp teeth shining gold scales and a lovely voice like a songbird and it's from japan yeah whoa that's awesome I wonder how to say that properly, because I feel like I'm not saying it right. Yeah, I'm probably saying it wrong, too. I'm sorry. I try. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. I love that there there's ideas from them. Like, there's mermaids everywhere. It's like how there's dragons everywhere. They're in Japan. Mm-hmm. Here's one from South Korea called the Sin- Sinjiki, which they have fair white skin and long black hair. They appear mainly during bright moonlit evenings or in early mornings to warn fishermen about oncoming storms. Ooh. Yeah. Apparently, um, they throw... They throw rocks at a cliff, by, and that's how they make their warning sounds. Kind of like Bigfoot. Ooh. Like, just throw rocks. Could just use their words. Right? Yeah, but uh, maybe fine. they'd have only screamy voices. I don't know. That's true. That would be intimidating. But, yeah. So, another one of the things that I found. So, I tried to... Usually, when we do these things, I try... Since this is season two, and if you're just starting to listen to how we do our research... Kayla will do research on a lot of the modern things, like forums and things like that. And usually I'll do like a deep dive into trying to see where these things like originated. And it's a lot hard. Like, I feel like every time I try to do this, I come up with the answer of it's harder than you think it is. Yeah. It's like, I want to find like, oh, this is the first illustration of a mermaid or whatever. And it's almost, it's almost impossible to know exactly where these things came from. So one of the earliest obviously depictions of a mermaid type creature is the naiad which is the greek version of the like sea sea creature lady oh yeah the earliest story was from her herstes her hers hylas and hercules sorry hylas and hercules hylas was hercules buddy they might have been lovers we don't know i'm just gonna say they're lovers because hercules got hercules got very jealous of this guy who was taken by a mermaid and he was more like jealous of the mermaid in the story yeah so um they're not obviously there's no direct uh stating of that but i'm just going to say that so um hylas was taken by the naiad in the voyage of the argo and that was the first really like typical depiction of a mermaid like pulling a sailor into the water but the first image like mythologically that we've seen of a half fish half human person is from Babylon and the Mesopotamian god of the sea Ea or Enki which if you read like um the epic of Gilgamesh like they all talk about those those gods and that was a human they were a human with a fish a human torso and a fish like tail so like a human person so it was pretty much a mermaid but they weren't seen as like a like siren woman they were actually like the god of the sea. Ooh. So, which is interesting. And then I also wrote about the the Rasalkis and the Nixies, which are German. Melusine is another one. That's another legend, which was also a villain in Baldur's Gate. 
and <laughs> I had Baldur's Gate 2, and I was like, oh. Uh, there he is. Yeah, no, there you guys always getting these names from history, huh? All right. One of the interesting things, totally unrelated to mermaids, but that I found totally, that I just found fascinating, was that, you know, they're talking about, again, all of the female representation for the ocean. Mm -hmm. And this also ties back into Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, boy. <laughs> is that... It all comes back. It all comes back. Is that the the ships... Where, like, they didn't want women on the ships. That was, like, a real thing. They said women could not come on the ships. It was bad luck. Like, no women on the ships. But yet they would fantasize about these mermaids being in the water being and seeing women. And, of course, a lot of the times there are manatees and other things and seals. They, they really did not allow women on ships as a rule of bad luck. But they usually had a cat on their ship. And the cat sometimes, and a lot of the time, was female. So they always had a ship cat that they would watch for, like, changes of weather and stuff to see if the cat acted differently. I just thought that was really interesting that they had a ship cat. The cat's probably like, leave me alone. Yeah, the cat's <laughs> why am I like, on this ship? I don't, I don't want any of this. Like, why, why am I on this ship? So I just thought it was adorable that sailors had a ship cat. I thought it was cute. It is cute. Yeah, it is cute. But yeah, it's the Mesopotamian version, which, like, if you, if you, like, have been to like the British or the London Museum and things like that. Like you've seen those like friezes of those like Mesopotamian gods. Some of them are like half bird, half human, and some are like half fish. And so that was pretty common. Oh yeah, and obviously the cats killed the rats. That's important. Mm -hmm. Cats killing rats is important. But yeah, and then yeah, they started. The article I read started talking about modern stuff, and I was like, it mentioned a little bit about like um how pretty much the advertisement and the like the bringing in mermaids and things like that is is has a longing for either a lost paradise or for primal vitality which is why people like things like mermaids and anthropomorphic things like primal vitality like they're all they're lit in the water like they're creatures of myth blah 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 so people are like i wish i was that so i here's some <laughs> here's some mermaids Here's some mermaids. Here's some merms. Yeah. But again, this is an academic article, so sometimes you just have to reach the word limit, I think. But <laughs> yeah, you gotta just you have your you have to have your thesis statement. Yeah. And obviously the little mermaid, it talks a little bit about that, but we know all that. One of my favorite things I got from this article that was super cool was just this idea of El Homme Different, which is this is a creature which lives in a world parallel to that of human society. Ooh, hate that. Yeah, Le Homme Different resembles humanity in most respects, but it is different in one key feature. Such figures include, for example, giants, fairies, Amazons, yetis, and aliens from outer space. They, usually, they are usually located on the boundaries of the known world, and their location is shifted with the geographic horizons of humanity. In the ancient world, they were generally found, like the Sirens or Circe, and other figures in Homer's Odyssey, on remote islands, Later, as the Mediterranean world was explored, the location shifted to Scythia, India, or the forests of Northern Europe. Still later, it was the uncharted lands across the ocean, and today it is outer space. So La Homme de Friend is constantly idealized as either good or evil. Feelings towards these figures swing between extremes of fear, admiration, contempt, and worship. So I just thought that was really interesting because it's saying that there's always these Le Homme different these different intelligent creatures but because human as our human evolution has continued to happen they've moved from 
the for from the boundaries of our farms to the forests to the oceans and now to space. It makes sense. That's weird, right? And because we're humans, like we develop this like idea of these like, uh, but like they, I think what's interesting is it gives an inch. Oh my gosh, Mojo, my cat. She is just <laughs> meowing. She and whenever she hears me talking, she's just like meow. It give, but it gives us a um. Like, almost more of a reason to think about aliens being real. Because mermaids were things like manatees and seals. Now, manatees didn't exist in Europe, so they would have seen those manatees in the oceans that they would have just started exploring. So they saw something they didn't understand and attributed human, like, human ideas to it. So maybe that's what we're doing with aliens, is we're seeing something we don't understand and we're attributing human ideas to it. So, who knows? That's deep. Right? Oh, man. I know. And then, like, they talk about Rambo, and I'm like, I don't know why you academic articles <laughs> keep changing like this. Like, that's a really great paragraph, and then you just fell off the deep end, but it's fine. And you just took it, you just went, it's a left turn? Yeah. So, anyway, another part which I wanted to cover is, which we talked about before, which is, where are the mermen? Right. Where are they? Where are they? So, there were occasional reports of sightings of mermen, but those of mermaids were far more frequent. So once in a while, the mermaids would also be seen in groups, but most of the time they were alone. This is not to suggest that the mermaids did not belong to a society. People generally thought of mermaids as living in underwater palaces. There was a very ancient and widespread belief that every creature on land has an equivalent in the sea, which I think is really interesting. This is why so many so many marine creatures have names, such as sea cow, sea horse, sea anemone, sea dog, oh. or sea wolf. The mer people were the equivalent of human beings. I never thought about that. Yeah. Because, because yeah, we have catfish. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And apparently that was a widespread belief of that every, that, that every creature on land has an equivalent in the sea. Wow. Yeah. So that's an interesting, uh, interesting idea. I still just love the Le Homme different. The yeah. It's so cool. That's frightening. I don't know. Like anything that's like, a parallel world. And honestly, like the sea scares me because it's very big and very deep. <laughs> and well, so is space. Yeah. It's just like another, but the, the sea's right there. And it's like, what's going to crawl out of it? I don't know. I know. Something awful. Well, and that's, that's why these things came to exist. They came to exist because of the fact that it is a scary place and it is unknown. And especially like, a lot of, so mermaid, like how we see mermaids, didn't really start appearing until the end of the like 15, 14th century or 15th century. So like late 1400s. And that was really when, if you think about it, when a lot of the ocean exploration was going on. The new world, taking ships everywhere, colonists being dicks, the usual. <laughs> the usual. Yeah. So it, a lot of people were going out into the middle of nowhere. I mean, it, it is like going into space. Like, they, the odds were mostly against them. Like, they could hit coral. They could, they could hit a storm. They could, you know, th they could run out of food. They could get lost. The wind could change. They could do, I mean, the ways that you could die on the ocean are so, <laughs> so... I, I'm probably, like, there's probably less ways you can die in space than you can on the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's, like, li it's limited. With yeah. The ocean. And like, I had a like, dream last night about getting eaten by a shark. So, I no. mean, I'm right there with you. <laughs> no. 
But yeah, it's it's just, it's really interesting. I had a good time reading that article, though, just because it was such a, I don't know, it talked about a lot of interesting things. I talked about, again, also, like you said, the feminine aspect. Um, mm -hmm. Hold on. I, there was a couple really interesting things, like this is a poem. There's a couple weird mermaid poems that I wonder. to read. So this is the Ballad of Sir Patrick Spins. I'm probably going to mess this up, but um, it says, Up started the mermaid by the ship. This is a Scottish person because it's got a bunch of words in it that are I'm going to mess up. We a glass and came in her hand. Says, reek about, reek about, my merry men. Ye are not very far from the land. Ye lie, ye lie, ye bonny mermaid. Say loud as I heard you lie. For sin I see your face this night. The land I will never see. Because they saw the mermaid face. This sounds like an 18... doesn't say the date on it. It sounds 1800s mm -hmm. to me, but it might not be. But um, it's definitely... I definitely think it's Scottish. But yeah, so there's there's that. You covered most of the creatures that I had already looked up. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just like... <laughs> no, Resolve it's good. It's just so cool. That book is awesome. Like, I pretty much found all the same kind of stuff. Of course, like, one of the things that I was interested in was seeing if there was anything in, like, the Arctic or the Antarctic. Oh, gosh. Man, that's another thing that scares me that we need to talk about. Because I wrote... I wanted to write a comic about a horror story about going to the Arctic. Because that's... Oh, yeah, because that's, I mean, that's, that's Lovecraft. That's, what's it called? Um, Mount, the Mountain of Madness. Oh, the Vast Unknown. Yeah, if you, I think there's, um, there's a couple of books that, like, are really interesting about Shackleton, who went, I think it's, like, Henry Shackleton or something. He was the guy who originally, like, went to the Arctic and just crashed and, like, had to live. It's like a horror. Ernest Shackleton, that right. I don't know why I thought his name was Henry. But that's a great book. And I can't remember the name book, but it's terrifying. And if you're Ugh. scared of the Arctic, you should read that because it's terrifying. The ice oh, apparently just makes horrible noises all the time. Oh, I'm sure. Like, apparently ice just makes horrible noises. And that's cool. <sighs> it just makes horrible just ice screams. Noises. Yeah. So that's Ow. terrifying. That would be a fun thing to talk about. Because, like, I mean, if you think about, I don't know, I think about, wait, this is a stupid, this is a stupid thing to say. But, like... <laughs> I think about how the true concept of Encino Man is scary. <laughs> but, I mean, like, what if there's things frozen in the ice there that could can be, be thought out that aren't Encino Man? You I know, don't know. You know that they that there was a, recently there was a disease that unthawed in the ice and killed a See? bunch of caribou. They called it a zombie virus. That's this is real. Horrifying. This happened because of climate change. That was real. Like, what else is going to melt out of that ice? I don't know, but it was real. Not Brendan Fraser. You can read an, art <laughs> I read an article about it. Zombie, look up the zombie virus that, like, killed all the caribou. Ugh. Yeah. Because of climate change. That's why it's happening. Or, like, what if there's, like, some alien that landed to north or south or whatever? something could have been frozen in there and then it melts and then it comes to eat everyone <laughs> i'm just saying yeah wow yeah so yeah that's where my mind's at like what if encino man was a horror movie i just think that that's something the the virus there was a virus in world of warcraft that acted like a real virus and people actually used it as a oh yeah as a like study to see how viruses spread a lot of good it did them <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that vividly. Yeah. That was that was a time. I was, was scared to log into World of Warcraft. The same as it, as I am currently scared, scared to Scared to log into real life. 
Yes, it's the same thing. Same feeling, same feel as back in the day. I remember it. Yeah. Because it was just like, you can't, because if you end up interacting with this or like whatever, you're going to yeah. catch it. And I was like, ah! Yeah, it's like, it was a plague in World of Warcraft. It was it was a glitch that turned out to be like a plague. It was really interesting. It's It was the same feeling, I feel. I mean, like, not... I haven't left my house since March, okay? So I'm just like, it's similar. <laughs> I too I'm, have, I'm going a little crazy. I too have logged, have afraid to log into real life. <sighs> but yeah, that's it. That's all I found. It was it was fun. Well, it was good. I'm I'm ready to hear about these forums, please. <sighs> okay, so I started out doing my my typical real mermaid forum, Google and Google.com. And I ended up on just kind of a serenesforest.net where they were talking about there was like some animal planet video where they had a fake mermaid it was dumb i was like "Mm, not sold on animal planets credibility uh they talk about there's a lot of debate on if mermaids would be actually genetically related to people Blah, blah, blah. But aren't they manatees? Blue, blah, blah, blah. More importantly, through a couple links, I ended up hearing about a a person. I ended up on a website called (laughs) mermaidscorner.weebly.com. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Um, So on this website, I'm pretty sure is where this individual was mentioned. Because they talk thoroughly on mermaidscorner.weebly.com about shifting into a mermaid okay, in real life. So the intro on mermaidscorner.weebly.com, it has a welcoming speech. This is Welcome to Mermaid's Corner. This is a serious site for mermaids. I'm Mira, the owner of the site, and this is Amy, the co-owner to the site. You're all speaking in one paragraph. It's not like two people are talking. Please enjoy our widespread information, spells, and folklore about mermaids. This website is for serious shifters and mermaid spirits only. You have to be 100% sure that you want this to be one with the water forever before you go further. Damn, that's pretty, that's serious. That's serious. This is a serious commitment forever. Forever? All right. Forever. Okay. Um, If you want, if you're here to make fun of all of the others, do yourself a favor and leave now. I am sorry, Mira and Amy, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just like reading. No, we're, I mean, I'm, I don't want to commit this hard to being a mermaid. I don't want to commit to this either. I'm telling yeah. you. If I this just is want what, if to this read is, your website. If this is the modern lore for mermaids. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just perusing. This website compiles spells, information, experiences, and spam slash con alerts <gasps> to make this the right place for people like us merfolk. Fake we mermaids? Look all over the web, finding as much helpful information as possible to help you. We can easily detect when something is fake or just insulting. And that means that it won't make it onto the website to ensure no one reports us as fakes because we're not. Thank you for reading this introduction to Mermaid's Corner. Amy and I hope you find this website useful. Check out thesirencove.com as they have a larger community and a lot of extra information. So we have subspecies of mermaids, tail examples, and mermaid anatomy here. But mostly I was interested in shifting. But they do have some facts or myths here about mermaids, which I find are interesting. I got to find where they mentioned this person. It was definitely on this website. I guess it doesn't matter. So fact. Here's some facts. We're going to have some fact and fiction about mermaids listed here. So Okay, I'm ready. Fact. Mermaids can transform in water. While many people believe this was just an H2O made up myth, water is actually a huge trigger that can start the transformation process. While it may not turn you in 10 seconds, being submerged in water can trigger, can trigger your P-shift. Myth. 
or fiction. The pee, mermaids like pee, pee? get like pee pee poo poo. No, like pee like the <laughs> letter. I think there's different types of shifting. Okay, okay. We'll get we'll get to that. We'll okay. get to that. Mermaids get tops with tails. That is fiction. If you're shifting your body, why would you end up with clothing? Most mermaids go full fledged boobies out or something with seaweed. Can't have that. Nope. Disney Fact. says no. Disney says no, none of that. Fact. The call of the sea is very hard to resist. Here it is. Everyone here hopefully knows of kissing midnight. The mermaid who successfully shifted. So then I Googled Kissing uh, Midnight. So I was like, this is enough fact or fiction for me. You've you've dropped a name. I'm sold. I'm ready. I'm ready. I did go back to try and figure out shifting. I need to find where that... There's different types. So I, uh, before we get to Kissing Midnight, whose blog I have pulled up here. I'm excited. Because I went to there. Let's talk a little bit about mermaid shifting, which I found on sites.google.com slash site slash mermaid shifting slash shifting slash introduction. <laughs> so that's head a on link. over. But if you're if you're listening, sites.google.com slash site slash mermaid shifting slash shifting slash introduction will get you right there. Shifting. There are different types of mermaid shifting. Not necessarily considered wear shifting, uh, but they 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 have different different types here. We have F shift, which is called which is fantasy shift. This is in essence basically just visualization and meditation, imagining yourself as a mermaid. That's that's F shifting. Okay, that seems legit. Right. Then you have A shifting, which is astral shifting. While this shifting technique is very helpful and probably important, it is not necessarily needed to shift. Basically, it would be where you take your spirit out of your body and go to an astral plane. There, you can shift your body into whatever you want because you're astral projecting. Okay, yeah. And then we have pH shift slash phantom shifting. Uh, this type of shifting gets a lot of results and is one thing that a lot of P shifters, which is later in the list, use to get them ready for shifting. This is where you literally feel what the mermaid tail will feel like. You don't officially have the tail, but the energy surrounding you lets you feel as if the tail were actually there. It's like a phantom limb. Okay. Phantom shifting. I mean, I feel like if someone had enough of the devil's lettuce, this could be possible. For sure. I feel like that's happened to me. Or the, yeah. It's like, I feel like this, I like, I feel like that's legit. If you really want to be a mermaid, like, you know, go for it, man. Alter your state of mind. Yeah. Don't do it. M shift or mental shifting is next. This is one where you change your mind to think like a mermaid and you change your actions to that of a mermaid. What's so hard about this is that we don't really know how mermaids act or think. However, I have compiled some ideas on how they might act and how you might use that in your daily life. That's on this website in case you want to work on your mental shifting. That's a choice. <laughs> that is a choice you can make. We are not... Don't encourage either no. way. Do Live your life. <laughs> MF shift or mental flaring. This, is, this one is difficult as you let your animalistic and in parentheses mermaidistic side completely take over your brain okay you would obviously bring yourself back later but it exercises your bond with that part of you unfortunately once again we have no idea how mermaids think and furthermore how to let that part of you take over so this one's going to be hard as well and then we have p shifting which has been mentioned quite a few times that is physical shifting this is where you completely physically shift yourself into a mermaid okay that so that's the one where you actually turn into a mermaid yes and then you have pnr which is point of no return. <laughs> and the, the note here on this says, now, I know this sounds cheesy, 
But in the werewolf goal, they talk constantly of not letting yourself go over the PNR. If you do, you're normally stuck. It's like Animorphs. Oh my Don't god. Don't shift for no. more than two hours. However, the reason you are stuck is generally because you lose all of your humanity and human thought power. Thus, you wouldn't even know how to shift back. This would be a confusing subject on mermaids because as far as we're concerned, they're an intelligent species. So I warn you before going any further, I'm not sure if mermaid shifting has a PNR or not, but it's best to be careful. Point of return. Interesting. So those are, those are the types of shifting to prepare you for kissing midnight. Well, okay. All right. Kissing midnight. So kissing midnight so, successfully turned into a mermaid. The one apparently famous modern circa 2011 mm-hmm. successful pea shift into a mermaid was kissing midnight. Okay. So I have this website called mermaiddreamers.weebly.com slash kissing hyphen midnight dot html. And it is a <laughs> it is a uh, a collection of her blog posts. Okay. So Claire or as she went by on 43 Things, Kissing Midnight. 43 Things. one of the things. first people. Yeah, 43 Things. I don't know. What is... Do you know what that is? Because I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. I was hoping you would know what that I don't was. know what that I is. I think it's just a blog. We'll just pretend it's like That sounds like, like the age of Zanga. Like... Oh. Yeah, 2011, I wasn't blogging. I was finishing up college. So, so wait, she know. said she turned into a mermaid on camera? Oh, okay. Let me get to that. <laughs> So she was one of the first people to achieve her goal to become a mermaid using the shifting method. Though many people have claimed to have become mermaids, Claire was the only one to actually post a picture of her tail. It is believed she ran away to the ocean to become a mermaid forever, smiley face. Since the site 43 Things may be shutting down, I will be posting Kissing Midnight's entries on 43 Things here. They are in chronological order. It took her a total of 13 months, wow, to get her full tail. So it begins August 19th, 2011, and Kissing Midnight says, hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, I'm back. I deleted a whole bunch of my entries and I took a break because of some emotional stuff, but now I'm back and I'm ready to do this. This has been my goal since most of my life. My grandma passed away recently, which is sort of why I came back. Not that many of you remember me anyway. Whew. Anyway, my grandma is relevant to this post because when I was younger, she always used to tell me stories about mermaids. I loved them and had always wanted to become one. I remember that I was at school one day and a girl told me it was impossible and I had been sent home crying and my grandma was the only one home and she told me that the girl's school's wrong and I could be anything I wanted. I believe her. I believed her and I still do to this day. This is very This is definitely some hardcore 2000s live journal stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was very sweet. So she's here to realize her dream. She's, uh, she says she is serious. This is serious business. Yeah, I'm putting a picture of, that's the picture of her tail. I put it on the, on the screen. So yes. apparently this is her real tail. This is her, her real tail. And there's a picture Circa of 2011. Yeah. I know I'm getting a strong, a strong other kin. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, she says that she is very serious. This was August 19th. 2011 she's been shifting on the shifting course for about a year at this point she had a mental shift she had a phantom shift oh uh she can hold her breath for three and a half minutes and she feels like she's just about to pee shift just i hate that, I hate that so word bad. i hate saying it i hate it yeah uh, okay um, is it conveniently pixelated photo yes yes right 2011 i'm like 
I think you yeah. kind of had some high resolution images <laughs> in 2011. <laughs> so August 22nd. She said, alrighty guys, so I just thought I'd post this to let everybody know that I'm going to try an attempt on a camera shift. I don't think I'll make it all the way tonight, but I really want to get some proof that the shifting method works on the body as well as the mind. So I'm going to tiny chat with a few people from here. If anyone wants to join, just email me. If this works, I'll post pictures. And then that same night, several hours later, she posts a tiny pic screenshot of her with some friends. She has scales all over her arm. Yeah, there's a couple pictures it's, of that, too. Mm-hmm. So she said that she did the shifting along with Bejeweled Moon, Supersonic, <laughs> Golden Dreamer, and a bunch of other people. They sat down and meditated together and focused, and they did it. They felt, she said, I felt weird, a weird sensation. I was in my mental flare, which we learned about. And the picture shows. I know you can't really see it, but look at my screen. Do you see those bumps on my arm? Those are scales, legitimate scales. I'm not joking right now. <laughs> you know you're not joking when you gotta say not joking right now. I'm not joking. So five days later, August 27th. Uh, alrighty. So Mermaid Destiny posted some great shifting information. And I thought I'd share some of my sources too. Oh, and then she shares sites.google.com slash site slash mermaid shifting slash home, which we've already visited. We, we've already got that resource oh, wait. under our belt. Here, wait. Someone asked her if it hurt says, I've described it to quite a few people as stretching a sore limb. It hurts, but it feels good at the same time, too. I'm not entirely sure how long it takes because usually I'm in an altered state when I shift. Oh, no, wacky tobacco. Wacky tobacco. <laughs> the devil's lettuce. <laughs> we'll we'll yes, never know. We'll never know. The devil's August kelp. 28th. The devil's kelp. Stop. <laughs> the, the devil's kelp. She posts on August 28th pictures of her leg, and it looks like she has a rash, but she says those are scales. Mm-hmm. So we got that. Some more evidence of her shifting. September 3rd, she has been working on M shifting, so mental shifting. She says M shifting is very important, blah, 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 uh, et cetera, et cetera. September 4th, she designs her mermaid body. And she draw. She puts up the sketch of it. There is a there is a sketch. Yep, I will. That's her dream. It looks like it's done on a moleskin notebook. It's amazing. Yeah, fishfinned mermaid. Mm -hmm. September 9th, she says. So I'm for sure going to try shifting on the next full moon. It should work. I think I have the support of my shifting friends and the moon. I won't be doing it on webcam because the kid I was babysitting thought it might be a good idea to use it as target practice. It's one of those foam footballs. <laughs> Needless to say, it fell on the ground and really don't work no more. But anyway, if I do shift, then everything is going to go amazingly. Seeing as I get to go visit my dad for autumn break, he lives about seven minutes walking distance to the ocean. Oh. So guess who's going to be able to swim in the ocean with her new tail? Anyway, I hope all is going well with you guys. Good luck with shifting. That was September 9th. And then we got September 12th, 2011. And she says, how I did it. Oh my God, guys. I did it. I really, really did it. I can't believe this is happening. I can barely type. Ha ha. Oh my God. I finally did it. I'm so sorry right now. I can barely <laughs> type. I'll post more later. I did it. And then the next day on September 13th, she says, okay, so now that my head is on a little straighter, I can finally tell you guys what happened. I was on the phone with Cal, supersonic underscore water flow. And he was just talking to me a little bit and helped me. Anyway, I focused on the sun going down and I imagined the daytime as me, the light part of me that's mundane and logical. And then I imagine the night is the ocean and mermaids, magic with a K, 
and things not seen or understood. As the sun was setting, I finally shifted into my true mermaid form. Felt weird at first, but at the same time, it felt like stretching a sore muscle. So it was a little painful, but the good kind of pain. So there's that statement. Yeah. Yeah. So she she says she shifted and then she's just like, what do you guys think? Should I show you a picture? What should I do? Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe I could email. I don't know. Ha <laughs> Uh, and then on September 15th, she says, sorry for you leaving guys hanging on the tail pics. Yesterday was incredibly rough. Oh, she had a bad day. That is sad. Oh, no. Oh, because her mermaid mind came out. Uh-oh. She wanted to go to the ocean. And her tears reminded her of the ocean. And then that made her cry more. Oh, no. That does sound hard. Anyways, I've decided what I'm going to do about the tail pic. Basically, I'm just going to pick some people from on here and send them the tail picture. There's no certain amount of people I'll send it to you. Just as long as you seem mature and trustworthy. I'll probably send you the picture. So if you want me to email you the picture, just put your email in the comments or email me at kissingmidnight at gmail.com. Haha, <laughs> I do love my username. Good luck, you guys. So October 11th, man, it's it's hard for her. She says she's having issues not running to the ocean. She's sorry. Things are hard. October 16th, things have been going well. People are paying attention to her. Who's been shifting? It's hard to resist the call of the sea. And even when you do, even at your most human, you still feel alive. Feel alone in this world. Sorry, not alive. Yar, I miss the call of the sea, yar. The call of the sea, yar. And then, wow, so that was October 16th, 2011. Then September 8th, 2012, she says, hey, you guys, remember me? So most of you probably don't remember me, but if you need to know, I'm basically the chick that completed shifting and introduced it to the site. <laughs> Currently, I'm in Florida, although I won't say where. Oh, oh. I would secure love. Secure location. Secure. Secure. I would love to have a Q&A session sometime soon. I could make a post or actually be on here live and have a bunch of people get on. At the same time, it's been a while. September 11th, 2012, she does a Q&A session where she has, how did you become a mermaid? We know. What is it like? We know. Does it hurt? We already know the answer to this. How should I contact you? We know her Gmail. Do I get a top when I shift? She says, well, you might be able to. I didn't have one, to be honest. I usually just swim with the swimming top. Okay. And then she talks about pee shifting, her experiences with it, and she doesn't want to release her methods yet. Ah. And then there's her picture of her tail is on the website, which Holly shared. It's, um... The forum is gone. Ooh, it's all gone. Oh, no. But yeah, I don't know about this picture. It's very bad. <laughs> yeah. Why is her hair so yellow? I think I she has, like, a fine. cosplay wig on. Yeah, she has to. Like, oh, she has, like, a, that's, It looks like she has a cosplay wig on. She has, like, a salmon pink tail... And it definitely looks photoshopped. No offense, Kissing Midnight, but that shadow does not make sense logically (laughs) to me. Calling it photoshopped. Anyways, I think she ended up disappearing, right? Yes. Yeah, she disappeared. Along with her friends. They went to the ocean. So they went into the ocean and did not return. The ocean of Florida. Yar, you couldn't resist the ocean's call. Yar. Yar. Yar, I got to go get me back to the sea. Get me back to the sea. So that's that's kiss the the saga of kissing midnight. That is interesting. I I would like to I would love to believe that a that someone just turned into a mermaid and went to the sea. That sounds rad. But I'm gonna have to that sounds rad as hell. I'm gonna have to say that this just just seems like it's a little fiction to me. I would have to say that that Photoshop job looks very poor. <laughs> yeah. I commend the uh, attempt to, like, not make it look like your legs are inside of a thing. Yeah. But it 
the shading does not make sense. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna have to say it's fiction. But don't believe you. But you know, it was a good it was a good tale, a sea shanty, if you will. Good tale. Get it? Wow. <laughs> I'll leave. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm leaving now. <sighs> well, it's time wow. for it's time for story time. It is. Time to, time to read your fact or fiction stories about whether or not you're a mermaid. Oh, yeah. And if you went dove into the seas of Florida um, forever. Mm-hmm. Florida. Florida. They say that she's still in Florida to this day. To this very day. To this very day. I do wonder what happens, like, if, like, the person's like, I've shifted into a mermaid, and they just have, like, a, like, a, like, a, a moment where they think they're a mermaid for, like, three days. And then they, like, come out and they're just like, all right, well, that was a mistake. And they just, like, go back to their, like, daily life. (laughs) That was false. Yeah. It's time for fact or fiction. We will be reading chilling tales submitted from the community and guessing, are these fact, fiction, or somewhere in between? Use your best spooky scout skills to determine the truth. Do you have a scary story to tell? You can submit them to us at SpookySaturdayStories at gmail.com to have them read on the show. Just make sure to include if they are fact or fiction and your name. All right. I've sent you a story from Shannon, a.k.a. Cypher underscore XT. All right. If you want to start us off. I'm ready. When I was a teenager, my dad got a new job in a new city. Naturally, we moved there to make things easier. So my parents bought a house. Being a lonely kid, I didn't really mind moving, but having lived in a flat all my life, moving to a house with a garden and nature close by was exciting. After eight hours of driving, we finally arrived. It was night, and we did not really have any time to settle in, so we all went to bed straight away. The interior was creepy since it was an old house. I think, it a- I think the actual listing for the house said, in dire need of restoration, but it was what we could afford on short notice even though the old, worn interior creeped me out quite a bit. I was tired from the trip and fell asleep fast. That night I woke up with a weird feeling, like someone was in the room with me. I tried looking around the pitch-black room, but couldn't see anyone. The feeling stayed with me, though, like someone was standing in the doorway watching me through the darkness. I must have fallen asleep again, because later that night I woke up a second time. This time I could have sworn I heard breathing. But again, I saw nothing in the dark of the room. I was scared, really scared, and closed my eyes tight and pulled the cover over my head. Just when I was about to drift off to sleep again, I suddenly felt a strong pull on my left foot and flew out of bed in a panic. I couldn't see anything in the room with me, and the room was empty except for the bed since we had not unpacked anything yet. For several minutes, it felt like an ice-cold hand had grabbed my foot and my heart was racing. I was far too scared to go back into bed, so I sat for a while with my back against the wall while my heartbeat evened out. It was only a couple hours left until it was time to get up, so I grabbed my Game Boy and sat on the floor playing. Playing The Legend of Zelda until the sunlight lit the room and I heard my parents get up to make breakfast. I told my parents what had happened and they dismissed it as being a bad dream or even sleep paralysis, which had been common in the family. Since that night, I've always felt like someone else was present in the house with us. And smaller, strange occurrences kept happening. Like items not being where we left them or strange sounds in the night. I never got over the weird feeling. And all I know is that when I moved out to my own house, I never felt the same feeling again. Spooky! Spooky! What do we think? Oh, man. That's spooky. I, that's a spooky. 
I don't like things grabbing my feet at night. Yeah. I don't like things grabbing me in general. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, chat's saying fact. Ooh. Yeah. There's a lot of fact in the chat. I'd have to say, I feel like, like, maybe it could be faction. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Because, like, it sounds like the old house was spooky, but maybe, like, the act of the foot grabbing didn't happen. That's just my idea. That's what well, I think. I would, I would say that you are correct. Yay! Because Shannon classifies this as fiction, but clarifies some small details are plucked from reality. And the idea came from the weird feeling when you wake up thinking you are falling out of bed. It happens Ugh. to me a lot. No. Ugh. So you pretty, you, yeah, I'd say you got good. it with some and, faction and there. They got chat real good. Chat thought it was fact. Yeah, you got, oh man. You got got. <laughs> Cypher underscore XT, you got, you, you, you got win chat. on tricking the chat. Yep. You got them. You got them. Ouch. Yeah. Rip. That's okay. We're all learning. No, that was right. That was a good that was a good story. Some days I'm good at guessing them. Some days I just like to like just feel like it's true. I don't care. It's true. I'm scared. It's true. Alright. Okay. This one comes from Cameron, aka Converse 8. Ever since I was a little kid, I have been closer to the spooky side of things. To be more specific, spirits and ghosts. As I grew up in a very religiously oppressed environment, I did my best to ignore signs of the supernatural. This led to the culmination of me attracting a poltergeist who liked to play harmless pranks on me. But that is a story for another time. The story I would like to tell you is about uh, involves my interactions with a friendly spirit on my college campus. I'm an OSU student, so our main campus already has some ghosts you may know about. Currently, I attend one of the satellite campuses that has some spirits roaming around. I'm a theater student, and our auditorium and basement level are home to what I've dubbed a gray lady. I didn't know of her existence until I was in our costume closet, a large room full of clothing that acts as a sound barrier. I was with my friends sorting things when I saw someone pass by one of the two doors that had access to the room. I went to see if it was a student, but no one was there. I told my friend, who promptly freaked out and said that she wasn't dealing with this ghost shit again. She told me that multiple students spoke about weird shit that happened around our theater. Props getting moved, electronics being messed with, etc. Even people being touched and grabbed. I was immediately intrigued, and I was very tempted to go ghost hunting. (laughs) I knew that there were energy spots on campus, but spirits were a whole new ball game. It was a few months after the costume closet incident that I got to see the gray lady for myself. I had been given blood before classes and wasn't feeling well. I don't remember much, but I remember that me and my friends had been running around and went to the fourth floor to take a friend to class. After I got out of the elevator, I remember walking a few feet, looked at the floor, thought that would be an uncomfortable place to fall, and then I was staring at the ceiling. No! I was fine after laying down for a while. I was feeling better and ready for a night of rehearsals. There was a lot of downtime, and we were practicing round-robin style with different stations we had signed up for beforehand. I decided to explore the building, and my friends rightly decided that I should not be left unsupervised. Myself and a friend, who is a Wiccan and following the Egyptian pantheon, ended up in the basement. The basement was full of art classrooms, such as photography, digital art, and traditional art classrooms. We were looking at the photography studio, which led into the traditional art classrooms. 
I was first to go into the art class and immediately stopped at my tracks. There was a woman in the room. She was wearing a white sundress and had her hair in a messy bun. She was looking at some pottery and other student pieces. She was in the darkest spot, but it was like she was kind of illuminating a small area. I got an overwhelming sense of, what in the world are you doing here? It wasn't angry. It was more of a feeling of, I knew I was intruding on someone's personal time. Like if I started talking to a stranger in a library. I found myself apologizing and walked out of the room backwards. Ah. I told my friend why I was acting weird, and she thought that there was a person in the room because I was acting so weird. When I told her it was a spirit, she tried to go back in. I stopped her and asked if she would like someone barging in on her quiet time. When we met with the rest of our friends, we told them what happened. Everyone immediately went, nope. So we spent the rest of our night practicing for the show. But for some reason, I could still sense the lady. I knew a general area of where she was. And if I focused, I could feel some emotion. It really threw me off my game because I couldn't focus on my acting. The next morning, I was opening up the theater space and I decided to test if I could still sense the lady. And I could. She was walking one of the trails by the building. She even made an appearance after one of the show performances that another spirit-sensitive person witnessed. A few of us told the department head, who told us that a student who died during the AIDS epidemic was very involved in theater and had a memorial scholarship in his honor. They died at the similar age the lady would manifest as. But, but the lady is a lady and the student was a guy. This had been a subject of discussion for the ghost gang of friends I have. The explanation we came up with is that the lady is a manifestation of the students and teachers and had affected the building and surrounding area and caused the lady to happen. I decided that I had to befriend the spirit, and I was really getting somewhere too. More activities started happening. Manifestations witnessed by students, cold spots, etc. But then corona happened. Oh no! I felt so guilty because I basically had ghosted a ghost. There one day and gone the next. A few weeks into quarantine, I decided to drive to campus to see if I could do something. I only passed through, but there she was. She was definitely lonely. I did my best to send good vibes and let her know the students would return. I hope she's doing okay. There are still people on campus doing basic work like cleaning and grounds work, so I hope she has good company. I have plenty of more stories about this weird skill, but this is the one that I thought would make a good first impression. Oh, ghost to a ghost. Ghost to ghost. That's funny. I like that story. That was a good one. I know it was sweet. You're worried about the ghost. You're worried about the sweet little ghosty. I don't know. I just want this one. I want this one to be fact because I like, I want people to check up on ghosts during Corona when they're all sad and alone. Check in on your ghosts, please. Yeah. Just check in on your ghosts. Sometimes they might need a, need a hug, you know? Well, it looks like chat pretty much agrees with you. Well, you got it. This one's <gasps> real. Oh, ghosts. This is fact. Oh, can you like, uh, you should leave like a little treat for the ghost. Oh, some cookies. <laughs> some cookies, like a little treat. Just a little ghost treat. Just a little friendly uh, treat. Cameron says, this is fact. I also would like to say that I rarely interact with spirits, let alone get this close. But it was obvious that the lady is a protective spirit who encourages creativity. Aww. She also has a tendency to prank if you insult her or if you don't take the environment seriously. It is, all, it is also always easily fixed, such as lighting or sound cables being mixed or moving strips and papers in front of people. I was also able to keep my poltergeist from being too intrusive in my life, but they tend to keep around because I made the mistake of giving it a name as a kid, so now I'm stuck with it. Oh. Hope you liked my story. If you did, I'll be sure to send more your way. Oh, that's fun. And who is it sent by? This one came from Cameron. Oh, thanks, Cameron. It was a good story. Uh, Maxima Extruder said leaving food for ghosts is a common practice in hoodoo. That's nice. Snacks for ghosts. 
Snacks for a ghost. Like snacks for a ghost. My back is. Everybody sleeping. deserves snacks. How did I? How I know, did I hurt I'm... my back sleeping? I mean, I need to. It leave. makes sense to me. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I lay down weird. <sighs> and I'm like, ow. Yeah, no, I need to get. I need to leave some snacks for ghosts. Snacks for ghosts. Let's do a next story. Hey, I'm Sleepy Pigeon in the chat. Well, thank you, Sleepy Pigeon. I'm a witch who frequently uses dream magic. I've been searching for deities to work with recently and invited the universe to send me someone. But to make sure the message is clear, because I'm super dense. <laughs> After sending this message out, my fiancé and I began to feel a presence in the northwest corner of our bedroom. It would come and go, but it didn't seem threatening, unlike the shadow people we sometimes witness. Ugh. Here's where the dream part comes in. I began to hear a soft male voice in my dreams coming from nowhere asking me questions. These questions always shocked me into waking up, since it felt like someone in real life was whispering them to me. It wasn't anything threatening, just things like, are you okay? And what do you need? Since I am so dense, I guess this, you're not, don't be mean to yourself. I guess this being needed to contact me more directly. Uh, one day, I had a dream that involved me finding many large fantastic crystals, bags of money, bones, which I love to collect, and other magical items. I felt wonderful in this dream and eventually stumbled upon a nice tarot deck, thinking, oh, I can use this. I picked it up and began to flip through the cards. And they all said the same thing, Paimon, Paimon, Paimon. Upon waking, I finally got the message that King Paimon wanted to work with me. For anyone who doesn't know this, King Paimon is a king of hell and a good demon to work with for anyone familiar with that type of work. And, and please do the research first so you don't get, <laughs> get effed over, though. King Paimon hails from the northwest, hence the presence in that area. He is considered effeminate and has a very soft voice for a man, hence the soft voice. I take the dream as his offering me his services. And that's it. Um, can I be friends with Paimon? <laughs> no, we want Solus. Solus, yeah. One. Leggy Owl Boy. We have to try and summon Solus. That's like a yeah. spooky Saturday. That's a, that's a great. That's that's a great. That's great. That's a fun fun experience. Leggy Owl. I'm just gonna. I mean, Leggy this owl is boy. clearly fact. This is someone's someone's dream. Because I mean, a dream. It's a, a factual thing that happens as a dream. Could be a summon. Be careful, though. Don't sign any contracts. Hmm. <laughs> it's true. But, All right. Well, chat. I see a lot of facts in chat as well. Well. I think it's fine. You got it. Oh, it's 100% it's real. real. So spooky. And it is the same one as in Hereditary. Oh, yeah. It's the same same one. Yeah. But yeah, we like Sol Solus. Solus can come hang out with us. Little owl leggy boy. Yeah. He's the best one. It's about, yeah. Well, send Paimon our regards. And uh, thank you for the lovely story, Sleepy Pigeon. That's great. Yeah. I like hearing stories about people's personal magic practices, too. That's always that's always yeah. fun and a nice reprieve from being scared of aliens. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I do like when everyone scares Holly with aliens. No! So You mean a can of peas? So. Or a, a light switch? Or a light switch. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, should we do one more? Sure. Let's do one more. All right. This one comes from Taylor. Taylor says, This occurred in the early 90s in semi-rural Washington State in an area between the small towns of Snohomish and Woodenville. I know where those are. Ooh. The land was far less developed than it is now. Large tracts of forest and woodland still separated many people's houses, and the suburbs have yet to come to replace it. I lived in an old mobile home with my parents, and it must have been about four or five years old at the time. This house had central heating with old grate registers that would blow warm air up from the floor. 
These worked in only about half of the house. Sometimes, late at night, I would hear the heat kick on. Craving the warmth, I'd drag a blanket from my bed and go to the best grate in the house. It sat in front of my parents' bedroom door in the foyer of the house. From it, I could peer around the corner of an old couch and look out of the large sliding glass door that led into a porch overlooking the backyard. At night, even if the porch bulb was on, there was only inky blackness beyond the porch's edge. On one particular night, anywhere between 10 and midnight, I had set up in my usual place. I sat letting the air billow the blanket as I did my best to trap the heat. At some point, I dared to look past the edge of the couch, as I sometimes felt compelled past all of my juvenile fear to look out through the smudged glass of that sliding door. Instead of seeing only the empty night, something appeared to be looking back at me. Two close-set pinpoints of Ugh. dull green light seemed to stare out from a dark rugos, rugos head devoid of any other features. It peered from over the edge of the porch and into the house. I quickly retreated behind the couch and eventually worked up the courage to barge into my parents' room to wake them. I was terrified and possibly in tears as I woke my mother. All I remember after this is my parents' digital clock and being told that I'd had a nightmare. No! No! I don't like that they're green! I don't like green eyes! That sounds alien-y. No! No! You were abducted! <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. You were abducted. No! Um, I don't know. I'm gonna say this one's fact. It's spooky. Ooh. Say it's fact. I'm getting a mixed reaction in chat. Well, this one's true. Ah! No! Taylor says, No! My memory, <laughs> my memory of it becomes more and more hazy as time goes, but it was profound enough for me to hold on to all this time. I've tried to rationalize it over the years. Maybe it was a burglar with night vision, a large bird, a hallucination. I don't All know. of that is bad. I've never seen or heard of anything like it. I can still conjure the image in my mind. Was this some sort of spirit or genius Loki? L-O-C-I. Genius Loki. Are our perceptions open to things as children that disappear as we age? One caveat. Much later, 2007, my parents built a new house on the property and had the old yard leveled off of the bulldozer. And what was churned up but a finely crafted stone arrowhead. Ooh. I mean, I feel like uh, I would be pissed if I was one of the tribes that originally lived here. Because, like, they literally didn't get kicked out until, like, 1850. I was just researching that the other night. Just because I was, like, I very much so, like, agree with the whole, like, we're on, like, we should pay rent to be on this land sort of thing. I feel like it's just, and especially here, again, it was, like... 1850 they're like nah it's not yours anymore it's like wow yeah so a lot of the uh native tribes here have a lot of interesting history that was totally uh destroyed so there could be an interesting uh tie tie into that but since we can barely we can barely research it because we just don't know their their history that well so wow yeah that's really interesting Ugh. i know i don't know I, again like the forests here are dark. Like, they are deep and they're dark. Like, I am not surprised that there would be something here. Anything weird. Because it is weird. Yeah. And I know, because I go out there a lot. And sometimes I'm just yeah. like, this is just, like, spooky Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it's... I grew up um, on a dead-end road, like, in the middle of a forest. So... 
I feel like I'm not as scared of it as I should be, but I know there are times that I would, like, go too far into it, and it's like, how do you get back? But I would just figure it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can always get back, but it's like... Yeah. The trails here are very clear, but I feel like if I ever, like, I haven't been brave enough to just go off the trails, because I'm just like, I don't... Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. You should. Experience it. No, you probably... Don't. I don't want to lose you. <laughs> don't do it. They're very mossy, false orchid. Like, they're, there's big trees and a lot of moss, like, hanging moss everywhere. It's really, it's beautiful, and I love it, but it's also just, like, you can feel that there's, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's intimidating, I think. I'm also, yeah. like, trying to find mushrooms, and, it, like, I never find any mushrooms. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not had much I want chanterelles, myself. man! Yeah, there should, I've, I have, I'm in a local foraging Facebook group, and I'm like, please tell me where all the good shit is, and people are finding some good shit. I'm not. I just want chanterelles. And yeah. I give up. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, thanks you, everyone, for your wonderful, your wonderful, your wonderful stories, and all of your support, and all of your kindness for getting the Spooky Scout Guide, and all of that. We really appreciate it. And the Spooky mm-hmm. Scout manual is actually available for sale for a dollar on the Wheat Crowing Hens website if you want to just get it digitally and print it out yourself. So, yeah. And you can figure out your Spooky Scout yeah. name and have a good time. We worked very yeah. hard on it. And thank you, Mangabant, for those paints. And, um, yeah, we'll see you all next week. And thank you for joining us for season two. And I hope you all had fun. You can get it at wecrowinghens.com. Yeah, and you'll love the, I mean, the aesthetic. You'll get why this looks like this, because it's, uh, yeah. There's an aesthetic. It's there. It's somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 90s. It's true. Um, Alex King, please enjoy your chanterelles. Anyone else that's found chanterelles, I'm very jealous, and please thank thank the forest for their lovely mushroom gifts. Yeah, so we'll see you all next week. Please stay healthy and safe. Don't get abducted. Uh, stay vigilant, scouts, and we will see you soon. Yes. Okay, bye. Thanks for joining us for Spooky Saturday. I'm Kayla Klein, and you can find me at KaylaKlein.com or on social media as at K-A-Y-N-C-L-I. And I'm Holly Conrad, and you can find me on social media as at Holly Conrad or at Commander Holly, and you can find us both at WeGrowingHens.com. We hope you enjoyed learning and speculating with us tonight. If you want to find out more about Spooky Saturday and becoming a Spooky Scout, You can find links to our social media, Discord, and more at SpookySaturday.com. If you want to toss a coin our way, you can offer the podcast some sustainable support by subscribing to Patreon.com slash Spooky Saturday. Spooky Saturday airs live Saturday on Twitch.tv slash WeCrowingHens at 3 p.m. Pacific. 